I'd like to mention a longtime partner of mine, Mountain Op Supplements. I take their products every day and they keep me performing at my best year after year. I should also note that my son Truett works for the company, so I have firsthand knowledge of their focus on faith, family, and fitness. Makes it really easy to partner with a company whose values align with mine. They have a special deal for you guys right now for the podcast launch. If you use code KEEPHAMMERING on a purchase of $75 or more, you get a free Keep Hammering BCAA and my new signature flavor, pineapple. I'm all about high-level performance, and the BCAs really help me perform. Black Rifle Coffee Company is a company that's very easy for me to promote because I drink coffee all day, every day. But more importantly, they are a huge supporter of the veteran community and are a veteran-owned business, so they have my full support. Use code KEEPHAMMERING for 20% off your first order and 20% off subscription to The Coffee Club, where you get exclusive coffee blends and merchandise. Every step I take, I move my truth. Every time they tell me stop, I use. Every comment, hate that makes my feel. Gather up my energy and boom. I hear them talking, saying the way that I move is so reckless. That is a part of my mind I've been blessed with. Giving my blood so I am relentless. Well, this is a Keep Hammering Collective with the legend, Donald Cowboy Cerrone. <laughs> I don't know if I'm a legend just yet. No? I don't know. I don't know what it takes. What's the what's the meter of becoming a legend? Well, I put up a Q&A for, for you, and <laughs> one of the responses was, no question, just thank you for the memories. You're a fucking legend. So that, <laughs> that was from the public. Okay. The public thinks you're a legend. I, I appreciate it. It's, I feel like a regular guy. It's weird when I go to the gas station or to the mall and mm-hmm. Vegas and be like, Oh my God, can I get a picture? I'm like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Why, why wouldn't I, you know? Uh, and my wife always asks, are you ever get tired of that? I said, no, cause one day they won't ask anymore. Right. Yeah. Right? One day they won't ask. So I'm a relishing it while I can. Well, I mean, you are unmistakable. You, you were the face of the UFC and just anytime, anywhere that mindset for years. Right. And like the guy who said, thank you for the memories. That's how I feel too. Because dude, anytime you it was going to be a cowboy fight, it was going to be something to watch. That was my whole, like my mantra when everyone ever would ask, what are you, what's your plan? I said, man, I don't care. I just want to know when they announce a cowboy fight, I want somebody like, oh, cowboy, we got to, we got to go to a bar. We got to go to a, anywhere we can. We got to sit down and watch it because my man's going, he's throwing down. Yeah. Win or lose, he's bringing it. And that was kind of what I was wanted my legacy to be mm-hmm. well how how did that mindset start i mean did you always have it or how were you growing up i don't have a rough growing up mm-hmm. i'm from a wealthy family my grandparents are doctors and i just uh i don't know i i don't i wish i had like oh, i was born in the streets and i had to you know i i don't i don't have that i just fell in love with the sport and uh would just fight as a kid all the time. My buddy asked me to try kickboxing. and I fell in love with it and MMA got big and I kind of jumped on that train and mm. started fighting and fell in love with it. But the worth ethic is what I think is the most important. And that was taught to me by my grandparents because they own their own practice and she would work. She would raise all those grandkids and she would work 80 hours a week. I mean, mm-hmm. talk about a hardworking lady. And she would just teach me all the ways of life growing up and what to do and what not to do. And I have like this 
way of life of things don't bother me ever. Like every mm-hmm. people are always concerned. Like when, if I already let you use my truck and like, you're not worried he's going to hurt it. And, or I'd let you use my snowmobile and she'd always put it in like kind of way of thinking for me. Like if you came back and you, let's say you totaled it and destroyed it. And my first question would be, are you okay? Mm-hmm. Like, are you all right? Yeah. I can replace the snowmobile. Like, right. like, you know, and then she would tell me like, okay, so he did get hurt, but that's way worse than anything that ever happened right. with a machine that something would replace, you know, or when you talk, when she talks about people having it, saying they have it bad, like, man, there's kids that are dying of cancer that are two years old and you're have a runny nose or you, yeah. you're not feeling good today. And she'd always right. just kind of check me and put me in perspective of what really bad is. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I always base my life. And same thing with like working hard. Like she would always tell me when I do something, like, if you say you're going to do it, mm-hmm. you do it. Right. Don't there. Don't half-ass it. Right. Right. You do it. So if you say you're going to be there, cowboy, you be. And cowboys are my name. Like it's so weird to hear people call me Donald. Um, (laughs) You know, even my kids, cowboy. And uh, what's really cool, I'll get sidetracked. But UFC made action figures of me. Yeah. It's really cool to see my kids having daddy beat up all the other uh, superheroes. You know, I guess. But uh, just yeah, worth it. Like whenever we start a project, we we do it and we work hard and my friends can't ever keep up with me. They actually, they hang out with me in, in shifts because they can't keep the pace that I play at and have fun at yeah. and work at. So yeah, it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's just worth it. I think. Well, I mean, I saw it firsthand because you, you came in here. I think you were kind of playing possum a little bit on the, on the run and like, you, you didn't want to do this or like, you didn't say you didn't want to, but right. it was like, you know, we talked about Chandler doing a marathon and you're like, I don't, I don't think I'll do that. So I didn't know how the run was going to go. And then you, you talk about work ethic, you killed it. I mean, these people were having a hard time keeping up with you and you were in your slippers. Yes, I didn't bring uh, running shoes, so I was in slippers and uh, my, not making excuses, but my groin is, I have to go have surgery on my groin because I pulled it off the bone and uh, snowmobile and playing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so it hurts, it's pretty sore today. I will. I ate a handful of ibuprofen. I don't know how much that is, but whatever a handful equals, that's about the, the correct amount. Well, I mean, it, I would hate to see it a hundred percent if that was a chink in your armor with a torn up groin and you just crushed that hill. So I can, I, I got a glimpse into what makes cowboy cowboy right there. Uh, like I said, I wish I was training because you were talking on the drive over there you have a personal best now 10 years ago you would have tricked me with that you would have had me you would have <laughs> had tried me. to beat it i, I would have tried to at least get to it for yeah, sure yeah, yeah i gave it hell yeah but today man I'm like let's just i said i'm gonna do it we're gonna do it and 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 that's what i was telling dale on the way up we were talking and uh which was cool that you that dale stayed back and yeah. to, to, to to play but when we were walking up, we're like, you're not tired? And I was like, well, I told him I'm going to do it. And that's, goddamn, I got to do it. You yeah. Know? Because at the end of the day, you, it's funny to me to hear all these people on social media, these great quotes that they Google and they put up on their yeah. thing. And it's really easy for someone to sit at home and put up a message, right? Yeah. But to actually, like, do it is a totally different right. song. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's funny to me to see these guys that promote just greatness and how they want to be that person and 
fake their life until they're that person. Right. And sometimes if you fake it long enough, you find it. Yeah. So right. I, I'm not totally mad at him. Like right. keep preaching it, preach it, preach it, preach it, preach it. You keep preaching it long enough. You might, you might become a, a piece of that guy you're trying to be, but it's, it's a lot of hard, you know, I mean, like you said, you, you run 250 miles like mm-hmm. there, you couldn't fucking make me do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, you There's no it. way. Yeah. I, it's just a, a mindset, but I get what you're saying about guys who they want to shortcut. They want to get to like, Hey, look at me. I'm this leader. I'm yeah. setting the tone. And it's like, well, no, your work isn't showing that. And there is a lot of online experts out there. Total experts. They, you know, they want to post the quote and be this and take a picture in the gym. But are you really the guy in the gym? Are you really the guy when it's freezing cold outside, you don't care. You put your beanie on anyways in the blizzard and you still go run mm-hmm. and you still get up before you have to be to work and you got to take care of your kids and pack the lunch for your boys, drop off at the, at the school bus. Did you get up at 3 a.m., go do all that before you got them ready, before you go and work your 12-hour day and then go home and do everything that needs to be done before you go to bed? Are you that guy right. or are you the guy that doesn't really work? You're living in your mom's basement. All the thing you have to do today is go to the gym. So you make it look easy on social media. Like, is that you or are you the real guy? Right. Are you the motherfucker? Right. Most so, people aren't. No, you know that. Yeah, for sure. And in this world we're living in, I get in so much trouble talking about the world we're in today about it's okay to not be that guy, mm-hmm. right? It's okay to be the not alpha. The world is, it's just to okay. be beta, to be, okay. to be weak and vulnerable. It's, yeah. And, and, and have, have an opinion and, and be the gatherer. Like, no, this world needs fucking hunters. They need yeah. the, they need the people, the alpha males that are running the country. And, um, that might be a dying mindset. I don't know. And like I said, I get in tons of trouble all the time speaking about it, especially <laughs> with all the craziness that's going on and uh i don't even know how much of that we can talk about on this podcast because i don't want to get you fucking canceled on your sixth show so uh <laughs> no no we <laughs> we can talk about anything like like what what are you referring to well I'm, uh, for one i'm talking to the um like the gender identification stuff that's oh, happening yeah. and the kids that now let's rewind time to 20 years ago when you and i were in school mm-hmm. could you imagine fucking telling your teacher you're a cat yeah, right. Or barking when like, they ask you. You identify as whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't like, hey, uh, Donald, what's the answer to question three? And I just start barking. <laughs> They'd be like, you'd yeah. see some mental health. That's right. where you'd go. Yeah. Yeah. You'd, uh, yeah. I don't know if this is actually the class where you were actually going to move you into this class mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to see some specialists. And now you have to accept it. You have to be like, well, okay, that's well, let's, let's see what's going on. It's, it's uh, totally, totally crazy and bizarre to me, but that's just, like I said, we, we give a little bit and then a little bit more. And, and that's how, that's how like the whole COVID thing happened. Mm-hmm. Right. It all started with, we just needed two weeks, you guys. Right. We need everyone Flatten to, the curve. We need everyone to buckle down. Mm-hmm. We need this much. Yeah. And then after we gave this much, they're like, well, we just need this much more. Mm-hmm. We didn't ask for two years to shut down and close your life. Right. Shut down businesses, yeah. collapse the economy. We didn't ask for that. Right. We asked for this much, and then we asked for that much more. So that's how it happens. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All of a sudden, now we're here two years, and it's like, Oh my God. Yeah. How do we get here? How do we get here? It was just a small little right? infringement. And that's exactly what I feel is happening with the um, whole shit that's going on right now. Like it's gender identification. Call me this, yeah. call me that, call me this. And I don't care what you want to be called. That makes no difference to me. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit. Yeah. If you, if you want to sit down here like, well, uh, cowboy, um, you know, this is the missus, uh, 
keep hammer miss miss keep hammering I, yeah okay cool but, but why are we celebrating it and why are we making it seem like it's just this big normal thing right yeah when it's a tiny tiny sliver of people yeah. and they're getting all the attention the guys who are out going to work every day are kind of getting shit on for sure mm -hmm. i mean well, those are the guys that don't matter anymore because the world is just this much which mm -hmm. is okay to, it's not okay to be that guy anymore mm -hmm. it's, it's okay to be this guy right and yeah and uh that you know, know that's what i loved about that was why it's so hard for me to leave the job that i did is because i worked with those guys right. the guys who were are putting the pipe in the ground or building the roads and those are my people you mean the blue collar yeah. fucking hard-working motherfuckers those, yeah right yeah. i those guys that's who i respect yeah they're at work right now every day showing up get building this infrastructure so people can have water and have power uh, aside from the military right i'm a strong strong supporter of the military because those are the why you and i get to sit here and why you get to go shoot your bow every day and why i gotta go live my retired fuck off life every day is yeah. because those people put their lives on the line so we can live free and do what we want right the second in line to me is the middle class working people yeah. the guy who builds your house the guy when your hot water isn't working your wife's calling you like why isn't the hot water working you're yeah. like i don't know what right. do you mean the hot water's not working Oh, let's call that guy. They drive over at three in the morning in the snowstorm and get your water working again. When mm -hmm. they get the infrastructure of the whole now, like California with all this electric cars and stuff, they need to figure out how we can build an infrastructure to support all the electrical grids to support everything. Right. So those people are yeah. the people that you know, and uh, that's the hardworking backbone of America. And then, and then when you couple, like you you mentioned it, but the guys who train on top of doing oh. that work, that's. That's who it's hardly anybody. But when right. you see them, you're like, okay, that guy's got something. Yeah. He's, he's got a little bit of dog in him. He's got more than everybody else. And, and when I see people out running in the rain and the dark and or in the mornings, like you say, I'm like, okay, uh -huh. that gives me hope. Uh -huh. Those are the people. Yeah. When it's four in the morning and you're also on the, and you don't even need to say something. You just look at them like, yep. yeah. Yep. I, I know. I know. Love you. it. I, see I love you. it. I see you. Was the, your grandma, the one that would go to your fights? Yes. Is that the one you're talking about? Yep. Okay. Yep. And she was a doctor. Uh, she's technically a nurse, but she worked under my grandfather who is a doctor okay. and basically did everything. He would just come <laughs> in to sign off on not taking anything away from my grandma. Very brilliant man. Right. Yeah. But yeah, she, she ran, she ran the office for sure. And ran that was everything. in Colorado. Yep. In Colorado. Is that, so you grew up, you told me you grew up sometimes here in Oregon. Yep. So the middle part of my life, I, um, moved to Oregon. Okay. And then right about high school, I moved back with my grandparents, mm -hmm. which lived in Denver. And so I moved up to Denver. I grew up in Colorado Springs through middle school. We moved out here to Oregon, to Napa, mm -hmm. Oregon with my mom's parents mm -hmm. and, um, lived here for a few years. Then I moved within with my grandparents okay and where was your mom and dad then um just doing their life yeah you decided to live with your grandma yeah. and grandpa yeah yeah well i mean it worked out it sounds now like you gotta understand i was the worst person i look back now because i have three boys mm -hmm. and i get it like there's only so much you could take before you yeah. lose it and i was you know, they say I can only have sex in my back because I can only fuck up. <laughs> so that's uh, a true statement, right? Like if there's an, if there's an opportunity to, to, to mess up, I was doing it. Right. And I was always looking for trouble. Like if 
trouble's not hard to find if you're looking for it. Right. You know, if like if on yeah. Saturday night, if we're going out looking to get in trouble with some guys or looking for mischief, it's really easy to find. It's actually yeah. harder to walk the narrow. Right. Yeah. So I would always just, oh, there, there it is. Let's, yeah. let's see what that's about. Yeah. And let's make some trouble. Yeah. I mean, my grandma. So you were hard to raise as you're saying for your mom and dad, you were a challenge. Extreme challenge. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and for my, my, when I moved in with my grandparents, um, their discipline to me was really strange. Hmm. So I would do something, go to jail. I call my grandma at three in the morning. She'd come bail me out. And then I would think I was getting ready for a lecture or something in the morning. And I'd have to ask her, like, you're not going to ask me what I did. And she goes, no, you know what you did? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, then what's the matter? It was wrong. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, so then what are we talking about? And I'm like, fuck, all right. And it like, made me feel worse. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You want to get your ass chewed. Something. Yeah. yeah. Like, God damn. So just the way she. She you didn't want to let her down, it sounds like. Mostly. And I did all the time. And it's, yeah. it, that was the most heartbreaking part. Like, mm -hmm. always constantly, like, fuck again. You yeah. Know? And. And, uh, which is cool to have a platform now and be able to talk and, and voice my opinion. Because when I was young, she'd always say, if cowboy, if you could only use your powers for good instead of evil, mm -hmm. you could really do something. Yeah. Yeah. Right. She and I was like, right. what do you mean? Like, what are you talking about? She said, cause I'd always have a good way of people around me talking everybody into doing the wrong stuff. Like, right. Oh, we should go do this. Yeah. Like, this sounds like a terrible idea. We should all do that. Right. Yeah. And they would. Yeah. So uh, now I, I get it now. Like, oh, fuck, okay, you were setting me up for life. Yeah. <laughs> what? So why why do you think that you were the troublemaker? What was it? I mean, to do you think, I mean, if you had to give advice to somebody that age, is it trying to get accepted by like you, what you thought were cool kids or be the biggest badass or what was it? Yeah, I wish I had, I wish I had an answer for that because I don't know, but What's really cool is every year I put on a kids camp mm -hmm. to give back to, so I bring every year the ages change, but last year we had uh, 14 to 16, which is really that trouble. Yeah. That's a the, tough age. The, the age where you really, mm -hmm. it's time to start figuring out who you want to be. Right. And it's really interesting, really cool to see these kids get to that. We do eight days at the ranch and we teach them, man, so many life skills mm -hmm. and how to shoot, how to just training and fun. And a lot of every night we sit around a campfire and all the counselors talk to them about life choices and answer questions. It's just cool to see them mold and grow from the kids they show up to, to when they leave. And then yeah. we, we give them all our phone numbers. I talked to tons of the kids still, you know, like I, I took first at the state wrestling championship, you know, I, yeah. I got all A's and it's, it's, that's cool. You know, that's I made, feel you know, good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like life changing, man. It's unbelievable. Well, I mean, and you have that life experience. You can, you can say, Hey, I was just like you, right? I was a fuck up mm -hmm. and look what, look what can happen if you get focused because you're an example of that. Yeah. I was that kid. And, mm -hmm. you know, when you're in school and you're learning all the different social studies and math, and you're like, I'll never use this until you need it. And you're yeah. like, God, why did I pay attention? Still not I, algebra, probably. Yeah, we don't, I, that. I don't even know why we do algebra, but yeah, I get the other stuff, balancing a checkbook. Yeah. You need to know how to do that. Dude, there's so many life <laughs> skills that they, they should start really like 
Now I get it. Like, oh, that's why they showed us that in school. Like, I understand. Yeah, I, I don't even, you know, I had this guy from the UK here recently, and I wasn't, to, to your point about not paying attention and what matters in school, I was, like, not really sure how London and England and the UK is like, what is it? How does all this work? Right. Which is which? Which is a city, country, state? I don't even. So I'm like, God, I feel stupid. Right. But if it if it doesn't have to do something with running or bow hunting, I wasn't really paying attention. Yeah. It, <laughs> I've, I've seen a lot of the world. I've fought on every continent except for Antarctica. So six of the seven. Wow. I've been to, oh man, probably 150 something countries. I would, when I started kickboxing and traveled the world, I would always tell them to just extend my ticket wherever I'd fight. Yeah. And I'd say, all right, I'd look around whatever countries around there. And I'd be like, fly me out of Prague. Yeah. And then I would just go visit and hang out and backpack all the, all the countries surrounding the area I was in. And then I'd fly home. Oh man. Yeah. So it was, it was a lot of fun. What was the, what was, what stands out about any of those experiences? Like what? you'd have to rephrase the question. What am I, what am I doing? People ask me all the time, where's your favorite country? Where's your favorite place to visit? Well, you got to ask me, am I taking a group of rowdy friends and are we going to party and have a good time? Am I taking my wife and kids and are we going to okay. tourist attraction to yeah. see some cool sites? Like, so you have that, you got to, you got to phrase well, the question. When you were doing that by yourself, well, were you by yourself? No, when I bring you did my, my best buddy, uh, Mike oh. Baldwin. Yeah. Who used to train and fight with me. We'd and go so together. What was the best time you guys had? Oh, probably, uh, Ibiza, Spain. Yeah. Yeah. Why is that? Just, the ultimate party really yeah (laughs) beautiful women i I presume everything everything you could imagine it is is in that in that Hmm. country it's it's a good time it it throws down and so you went there to fight uh or were you near there to fight near there to fight okay near there to fight and um yeah wild wild and crazy when when was your first professional how old were you when your first i was 20 years old i wasn't quite 21 yet because i had a fake id and it was in new york city oh yeah so i remember we were using a fake id to go out and drink and party and i we went out so we got our first fight in new york two weeks after my very first time ever training they offered me a fight. i was like yeah fuck yeah i'll fight <laughs> so we go to new york well for me i'm I'm doing this because I it's I love it. It's fun, but mm-hmm. I also want to go to New York and party. Yeah. So we I remember the whole next day was weigh-in day. I was like dying trying to rehydrate because of how hungover and fucking drunk oh, we were. God. So I spent most of the day trying to figure my life out to get ready for the fight the next yeah. day. Yeah. Mm. It was uh how'd the fight go? Good. I knocked a kid out uh first round. And which just fed into the going out and partying mode even more, yeah. you know, it's like you got rewarded, yeah, you God, weren't disciplined yeah. and still won. It's like, how great is this? Yeah, it was, uh, it was wild. And then, so you went, you did that. When did you get serious about training? Um, so I started kickboxing then I started getting big fights over in Japan mm. and, um, I went 28 and as a professional kickboxer and, I just started fighting like the big name guys. Mm-hmm. Even then, I, I mean, I would take it pretty serious, but I was, I owned my own roofing company. So I was a full time in Colorado. In Colorado. Okay. Yeah. I worked for a um, home builder called Lennar Homes and I would build all their roofs. So we'd have to like crank four, five, six houses out a day, like, mm. like rocking and rolling. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's big. hard work too. Oh my God. If you never roofed, you have no idea what hard yeah. work is. Yeah. So we'd start like, four or five in the morning, work till two, get off, go to the gym, train till seven, eight, nine o'clock at night, go home, do it again the next day. It's a grind. 
Yeah, it was a wild grind. <laughs> and so I would have to just take off work and go fight, come back. And the fighting, the money to go kickbox was, you know, 700 bucks, 800 right. bucks enough. I would make five times that roofing, but I just loved it. And I got mm -hmm. the opportunity to travel. And everyone's always so crazy. Like, man, I can't believe how many fights you take on short notice. Like, man, they'd call me on Wednesday mm -hmm. saying, I need you to fight in Japan on Saturday. And you do it. And I do it. Like, Japan, this weekend, let's go. You <laughs> oh. know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, we just go. Uh, I, I used to walk around right at the fight weight. Like, I didn't mm -hmm. have, I was kind of a tiny kid back then. So, 155, it was, actually, it was, um, 154 was the weight class mm -hmm. and for kickboxing. And I was right, oh, maybe a pound or two, depending on how much. Yeah crap i ate on the plane right yeah but other than that easy breezy did you ever take one of those fights get over there and be like this was a mistake no I've i taken, mean if you're 28 no then i mean i yeah, guess not i didn't care there was never um yeah i didn't really the the fear of performing well didn't kick in until i started like made it a full-time job for the ufc mm. but like kickboxing pff, i just go throw down i had a totally different mindset like, okay you go fight and have mm. fun and murder yeah. how, how come why do you think the mindset was different don't know i don't know what changed hmm. i don't know i just i young dumb and and <laughs> you know just wanted yeah. to play but i've uh, a couple times i'd go to new york or new york to uh tokyo get off the plane straight to the weigh-in right and we go to weigh-in and, and they'd be like oh your opponent already weighed in i'm like what are you talking about like no he didn't yeah so they just had me do some little weigh-in over in the corner and i'm like where's my guy and they're like oh he's good and were I, they I, bigger usually yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. whatever. It was just they brought me in to lose. You know, that's yeah. what it was. I was mm -hmm. there. I was flown in to get my ass whipped. Right, and so, but you kept winning. Kept winning. <laughs> yeah, kept winning. Oh, and and that. Um, so then that led into more training. You were, that was just kickboxing, correct? And then um, back then it used to be called NHB No Holds Bar. Right before um, I used to watch MMA. Tough Man on right? TV. Yeah, that was like. I think Phil Baroni. Yeah, right. I mean, sure. I used to watch him fight. He's in jail for murder right now. I know. Nuts. Anyway, but yeah, so it was NHB, and I started fighting on um, smaller circuits, and the company that I used to fight for was called Ring of Fire out of Colorado Springs in Denver, and they wanted me to do MMA. Well, this company, a kind of a one-hit wonder company, came in trying to, trying to be the next big thing. Mm -hmm. Offered me $5,000 to do my first MMA fight. Mm. Well, the Ring of Fire was like, oh, no, we want you to do our first. So they did. I fought the weekend before and then again, back-to-back -back weekends for my very first two uh, really? yeah, MMA, MMA fights. Yeah. And, but $5,000 back then was huge money. Yeah. Especially when I just made $700 to go fight for a U.S. title in Thailand or, yeah. you know, wherever, whatever. Yeah, it was nuts. Yeah. So how'd those first two fights go back to back? Um, I think they were triangle and triangle, I think. Two mm. two triangles. Is that your favorite submission? It was back then. Because I have a pretty good jujitsu ground game, right? Mm -hmm. So when I decided I wanted to be this my life, mm -hmm. I um my grandpa bought me a house in Vail, Colorado. Mm. So Vail's about 8,200 feet. Yeah, elevation, yeah. He said, I want you to go up there and train. I'm going to find a black belt, and uh, we're going to you're going to learn this. Because mm -hmm. I went from kickboxing, and then two months later, I have now have two MMA fights, and I don't mm -hmm. have any wrestling or jiu-jitsu skills. So my grandpa paid a uh, black belt to live up there with me. Mm -hmm. 
and we trained three times a day. And in between training, we would go snowboard. So we would train, snowboard, train, snowboard, train. That sounds good. Yeah. You're probably in great shape. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we'd so just literally train only jujitsu, worst case scenarios, bad positions, what to do off, right? Like, mm-hmm. like, and just ended up doing that for probably year and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He just, and, and, he believed in me, you know. It was cool. Who was that? My my grandfather. Oh, your gra- yeah. But who who was your the black belt? Oh, his name was Carlos Cavaja. He was mm. um, yeah. Taught me taught me a lot. Was is he cool. pretty good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then lost, that- I lost contact with him over the years, actually, which is mm. kind of sad on my end. I probably should. I wonder if he's still what he, if he's still yeah, doing I'm, it. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah those, those those guys don't really. And That's this, again, remember, this was back when, like, right now. For you to recommend someone to a jujitsu gym, mm-hmm. um, there's a million of them here, yeah. probably right here. Right. There's probably three that we could go to today. Yeah. Or, there's a 10th planet here somewhere. Yeah, right? Yeah. Then, no, like Brazilian jujitsu was just a thing coming, right? So right. Carlos happened to be in the area working on snowboarding at the, at, right? It just that all worked lucky. out. We're lucky. Yeah. yeah. And it all just worked out. And, um, it was, it was cool. It was fun. Hoyt Archery has been my bow hunting sponsor since 2005. And personally, I really don't care what bow you shoot, what brand it is. I just hope that you have the same level of confidence in your equipment as I have in mine. Because I know if I get one opportunity with my Hoyt, it's going to pay off. I think a lot of you guys will be interested in this next sponsor. First Light Farms is a New Zealand-based farm that ships elk meat straight to your door. The reality is not everyone's going to fill their tag every year. So First Light Farms is ready to fill your freezer with lean protein that is high in iron, zinc, and B vitamins. To tell you the truth, I've been pretty surprised at how tender the meat is from First Light Farms. And I guess it's because they have no natural predators in New Zealand, so the elk live a pretty low-stress life, and you can taste that in the meat. They're offering listeners of the podcast a 15% discount using code CAM15 at Club dot firstlight dot farms the link will be in the show notes of the podcast for those interested where'd you go to from there um i went train. i went into denver now the problem with denver was i was a loose cannon mm. so no one would put their name on me does that make any sense yeah yeah yes, you can come in here and spar yeah but you don't you don't represent our gym, you're right? Not, you're not you're you're always in jail. You're always in trouble. Like mm-hmm. you're you're not the image, right? That we want to portray for our. So I was never really accepted. Hmm. And um, what was that like? I mean, well, that I didn't pissed care. you off. No, oh, you didn't really didn't give a didn't, shit. Like whatever, matter. fuck you, everybody. Yeah, let's go. I'm here to fight. <laughs> I don't care if I I don't care if I represent your gym. I just want to train. So I'd yeah. go in there. Yeah, go in there and spar and play and train. Leonard Garcia, um, one of my dearest friends, got a fight with Roger Warta mm-hmm. and uh, in the UFC. And he was training under Dwayne Ludwig in Colorado. So mm-hmm. I'd always see Leonard. We were buddies, right? Yeah. He said, Cowboy, I uh, going down to Greg Jackson's down in Albuquerque. Come with me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, fuck, I'll go with you. So we loaded up the car. We drove down there. And I was supposed to do a week, and I never came home. Really? Never came home. So Call. they accepted you. 
What yeah, was it, Greg, Greg specifically? Greg Jackson, the first. He, he believed in you? And and so when I went down there, GSP, um, Keith Jardine, Nate Marquardt, Rashad Evans, Joe Daddy Stevenson, Clay Guida, like, dude, the name of... Some like, killers. Were, oh, killers were there. Yeah, and when I yeah. walked in, like, oh, my God. Yeah. And I remember the after about the second or third day I was there, Greg pulled me aside, like, hey, man, I would like for you to be my 55er and I was mm-hmm. like what at all these guys mm-hmm. and it felt cool I bet it felt good mm-hmm. so I literally like I said I called my grandma and I said sell my house and she would slowly start coming down just truckload by truckload mm-hmm. and um bring me my shit did you did you take it more serious than after that like oh yeah life changed big time yeah. when, it, when it was time to yeah like uh did he de- did greg demand it as part of being in the gym or you just wanted to it's like not to. not wanting to let him down kind of like you didn't want to let your grandma down yeah it was no nah, it, was, it was just time to that's what i want to do in life okay. you know what i mean it was yeah. just time, time to, to get serious by the time i went down to greg's i think i was seven and oh or eight and oh mm-hmm. in in mma and um it was just time to i got picked up by the um tap out guys and they did mm-hmm. the reality show thing on me went to the wc from the WC over to the UFC. And I remember when we came over, everyone was like, oh, those WC guys are going to get smashed by the UFC boys. And then we did, we did all right. Mm-hmm. We did good. But you talk about working hard and a great work, like I said, for my grandmother. So I lost my driver's license. I'm a habitual offender, mm-hmm. which means um, you fuck up a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I was, had a suspension for what speeding and what? Yeah, uh, evading and abetting is what actually. Okay. Took it from me hmm. the last time. Uh, we used to ride motorcycles and think we were fucking hot shots. And <laughs> just stupid shit, right? So I lost... Anyways, those homes I was telling you about were clear out of 120th um, in Denver. And my grandma lived basically at 26th. Mm-hmm. So we'd go up the whole, very far. Yeah. So she would load her work truck, my work truck up, drive me all the way out there, mm. drop me off, unload the truck with me. Then she would drive to the office and do Jeez. work all day and then come pick me up. Right. So you talk about the people that do all the stuff they say they're going to do. She's that lady. Yeah. Right. Like, That's awesome. I'm like, why do you do this? She's like, cause I told you I would, you know? Right. And so she would literally drive me to work and then go to work herself and then come back and pick me up. Mm-hmm. So it's just, that's, that's why I weren't learned to, to work hard when it, when it, when you said you're going to do something fucking, yeah. do it, you know, and, uh, that's yeah. a great lesson. <laughs> I mean, without her, who knows what right. would be going I'd on. Be, I'd be swallowed up by the system for sure. Yeah. And then, so down at Greg Jackson's, who did you really connect with there? Did you get a, have a training partner that you linked up with or yeah, did everybody probably, push? Every, you know, so Greg's isn't, Jackson's isn't like it is now. It used to be a family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Keith, like Keith Jardine and I are still really good friends. You know, mm-hmm. he's in the movie industry right now. We're both fucking loving it and yeah. working together, but yeah, like Keith and Rashad and, man, George flew me up to Canada several times to go up there and train and work with them. So it was just a giant family. We'd all go eat together. We'd all go hang out together. And, and yeah. It was just, yeah, it was pretty special. Very special. I mean, was, that's kind of like lightning in a bottle, too. That doesn't happen very often. It was just the it perfect just timing. It was the perfect timing. Everybody's in a perfect spot for Correct. that to work. Yeah, exactly. It, and was, then, it was awesome. Is, and you probably felt, did you feel invincible then do you feel at your best because i know i've heard you say you were always nervous before fights oh yeah was that just lately when like the stakes were really high or was there a time when you were just like no i'm 
No, I always, I always felt you always second guess yourself. I mean, if you worked hard enough or what? It doesn't matter if you didn't work hard enough, you'd question. If you didn't work hard enough, you already knew. Yeah. You already had the answer. Mm-hmm. But when you did work hard enough, like I'm sure, for instance, you're getting ready for these huge runs you're doing. Mm-hmm. When you're on the line and you're driving up, you're like, fuck. Yeah. Should I have got more miles in? Done one more. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. weekend, that Saturday, I didn't go. Should I have went? Right. Right. There's so all those things start running through your mind. Mm-hmm. And especially when you're getting ready for a fight and you're in. Like UFC fighting is during training camp and everything ready. I bet you were 80% physical, 20% mental. Mm-hmm. Come fight week, it switches and you're now all mental, mm-hmm. right? Like 90% mental. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the shit your mind comes up with and tells you those, the weeks, the days leading up to fight are insane. Like it's so hard to learn mm-hmm. to fight off those negative thoughts. Yeah, you like lay in bed dreaming and thinking about another man. That's fucking terrible. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, like and, what they're gonna and do, not in a romantic way. Like the worst way ever. Right. I'm just beating the fuck out of you. Wait, yeah. Like nightmare stuff. Yeah. And then you you start just all these bad income or uh, like outcomes. outcomes in your mind. You're just everything can go wrong. So it was really more not about ever letting myself down. It's just letting everybody who you met along the way and letting them down, you know, mm-hmm. that's where you really start second guessing yourself. And you're like, man, like you just, it's hard to believe in yourself sometimes. Like yeah. it just is to know the to mind have, is to be that guy that I'm pretending to be. It's hard yeah. to be him sometimes. I understand. I understand. Wish it was easier. Sometimes. Wish it was easier. Yeah. I mean, I wish I could just go in there like, Phew. yeah, but no, I'm, you're scared and you're timid and you're second guessing. And it's, uh, it's tough. Yeah. And and everybody's, especially on fights, because I've been to so many fights, but you're like reading that body language, you know? And I remember I was when uh, Aldo fought Connor, right? And Joe kind of like this famous part where he was like looking at Aldo and he's like, a, he doesn't look confident. You know, he's like yeah. looking down. Everybody's just like hypercritical of body language. And it's like, do you guys think about how like how people are perceiving you or is it you're so in your head? Yeah, dude. So in your head. Yeah. It is insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like once the fight is on. Well, even like when, didn't you, I think I remember saying you got hit or maybe you saw blood and then you kind of, it's almost like, okay, that's out of the way. Then yeah. does it get easier? It just goes in. Now you go into the non-thinking motor skills like it's Mm -hmm. just more the reaction reaction. Mm -hmm. and you're just like okay now we're in it now this is all that this is what i'm here for right yeah and you kind of get a little looser yeah and sometimes like they talk joe talks about all the time like you get in this flow state and Mm -hmm. i it's like almost like someone's playing you you're playing you from video game in third person like like i like wharf out of my body like it's the craziest most bizarre thing ever when, when, when do you see that? Is there a... When you're rocking and rolling, man. Yeah, but is there a clip that you've seen where you just put like all... I, I think I remember one where it seems like it was a couple punches and kicks all together. Is there one that stands out? Well, the Rick Stroy combo that everyone... That is a famous combo that I threw for sure in that fight. And the very first time it ever happens, is I, I changed weight class, went to 170, and I went to Canada and I fought um, uh, Patrick Ote. Mm-hmm. And I felt invincible in that fight. There. Really? I couldn't do wrong. You know what I mean? Everything, every move, working. every zip, every zag, you know? Yeah. And same thing when I fought Jeremy Stevens. Same thing. I felt just in the flow, like nothing. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't I couldn't mess up. 
everything yeah. i did was was great and when you're on like that you're fucking on oh but on the flip side of that coin when you are off yeah yeah like when i fought connor everybody thinks the ufc paid me to take a dive mm -hmm. <laughs> you couldn't pay me enough money to tarnish my soul right yeah no couldn't I mean, do it you're not a sellout there's no, no way there's, there's no there's no amount of money now you could pay me enough money to fuck a man live on tv that i could do you know what i mean that <laughs> yeah. that that i could no problem yeah yeah but to take a dive i couldn't do and something like fighting something that you're you dedicated yeah, just, your life to i couldn't yeah couldn't do it so everyone but the problem with that fight is i couldn't get in the right headspace mm -hmm. ever yeah yeah so when they showed me the exit in the cage yeah i took it took it yeah right it was, i, I, I live with that every day no like, i understand so I wondered about because you've seen where a fight's not going well. I'm not talking about you, sure. but specifically, and you, you know, you know the guy. Maybe somebody's got their back, and then maybe just make that neck available, just because. Sure. There's I the need door. to get out of here. There's the door. I need to get out of here. We and talk no, about that working out and running, like when fatigue will turn anybody into right. And that's if you're fatigued and you're exhausted, you don't have anything left. But sometimes you weren't, you weren't even fatigued yet. No, but my mind was okay. It, you just wore out before you got there. I was just not into it. Couldn't. F you ever tried to find second gear and it just keeps yeah. grinding? That's yeah. where I was. Just okay. couldn't find the gear. Mm -hmm. Couldn't get going. Yeah. And um, I have no one but to blame but myself. Like, and it sucks every day. I have to live with that. You yeah. Know? I mean, like, fucking, it's it it sucks. And, but you live and you learn. And how can I figure out not to be in that headspace anymore? Yeah. Right? It's it, it's it's just tough you gotta you gotta work through it and figure it out well you know i mean yeah that's terrible but also you took so many risks that you overcame to get to that point sure to have those high stakes opportunities i mean you you earned that yeah it didn't go how you wanted it to but all the wins you had to get there that had to happen first yeah so you gotta you gotta focus on that you can't focus on man did i shit the bed this on this no you you fucking had the most wins in the UFC, the most finishes in the right. UFC. It's like, we can't forget that part of it. Yeah. Right. I know you want to dwell on that other, but Jesus, you got, you had decades of winning. Yeah. And it was one hell of a wild career. Yeah. I loved and, it. And so you let, do you miss it? I miss the camaraderie, camaraderie, camaraderie. How do you say uh, it? It's uh, camaraderie. Com camaraderie. <laughs> you had me Good screwed up. God, <laughs> of all my training partners and everybody on the same mission, getting together yeah. for one goal. Right. I missed that. Mm -hmm. I missed the choking around and the going to the eat and you know like training yeah. and mm -hmm. choke slap the lifestyle. Ass. The lifestyle. I miss. I miss all my friends. Yeah. The competition side like i do so much things still to compete that i have that yeah you're you're scratch right scratching that itch right yeah where i don't need that i mean do i think about it sometimes sure yeah mm -hmm. i do but uh i mean i can't imagine what that's like coming into an arena and everybody i mean it's the coolest feeling in the world and, nothing and, can touch it and you what well, you had uh wasn't it kid rock or what yeah. what was yeah what, I but, mean, but i mean just when you walk in and everyone's chanting your name when you have oh. 25,000 people screaming 
blowing the roof off an arena. All right. It's so cool. I can't nothing imagine. Can touch it. Yeah. Nothing can touch it. It's like everybody, even, even me as a fan has chills. Yeah. I mean, it's so special. It's like the, the modern day gladiator. Right. So you see Maximus coming out there, the crowd, the mob going right. crazy. And it's uh, I can't, I mean, it must be unreal. It is. It is. And yeah, it's unreal. Like I said, it's, it's the craziest feeling and the most tension and the hardest feeling to get ready for that. Mm-hmm. That's what people ask me like, man, yeah, I'm, I'm done. Why? Because like the emotional roller coaster rides that you need to go on the ups and the downs right. of preparing for a fighter insane. Like the, the last couple of weeks are just such for me. I'm such a yeah. head case. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Yeah. And my wife, like the coolest girl in the whole world would always, she used to play uh, soccer mm-hmm. for um, the college she went to. I wish I knew what it was, but somewhere in Texas, some badass school. I'll um, just say Harvard. Yeah, no, I wasn't that. It was that, <laughs> but um, she would always say, man, if I could tell you anything, and I know you can see the end of the tunnel, like I know you're coming mm-hmm. to the end of your career. Yeah. If I could go back to my last year of school in mm-hmm. college, and I knew that was going to be my last couple games, I would have laced up a little yeah. tighter and I'd have tried a little more just because right. I know she's like you have that opportunity right now mm-hmm. like you this is you right now me yeah. 15 years ago lacing up to go and do something that you know you're not gonna be doing forever right so fucking go do it you know mm-hmm. what I'm like you know what baby right yeah so sometimes having those talks with her would really like get you pumped up and ready to go yeah right? yeah and um it's good to have a good support team and and everyone cheering you on along the way, but it's also good to have the people there that are not the yes men and the people that are like, right? No, we need to go run these miles. Yeah, we need to lift these weights. We need to work on this. We need to do this. You need those people also. Who is that for you? Uh, my team, man. Uh, mm. Yeah, I had uh, my Canadian coach Shara. She would always keep me on the straight up, you know, for sure. She would, yeah, yeah, she was always like, Yeah, okay, we're gonna go snowmobiling, but you know what? We're also gonna get this work in, like, you're not gonna just go do that. You talked about you said you're a head case. Could somebody do you have somebody who could look at you and say, See, you were like struggling with something, or and be able to help that part of it? Not just putting physical work is kind of easy just to do it, but. You know, people work with sports psychologists all the time for that mental. Mm-hmm. Did you I have tried. anybody I that? Tried. Yeah. Yeah. It, tough? It's very tough mm-hmm. because what is today? Today, Thursday? Yeah. So we, you and I talk on Thursday. Mm-hmm. We fight on Saturday. Mm-hmm. You might have my mind ready to go. On Thursday. On Thursday. <laughs> Maybe even Friday. I mm-hmm. wake up. Wake up was great. Feeling good. I go eat. Friday night, doubt creeps in. I let the demons in Mm. and I lay there all night, not sleeping, laying awake, second guessing. Now I wake up Saturday morning and now I'm faking it till I make it again. Right. Everyone's Mm -hmm. asking you good. Like, yeah, I'm good. I feel great. Faking it, faking it, hoping I find it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you don't find it. Yeah. So yeah, it works sometimes, but sometimes it's just for that day. Yeah, I I imagine. And also, I would think you talked about there's no greater feeling in the world than 25,000 people screaming your name. That probably keeps you maybe chasing that feeling maybe maybe more than people should. Not just you, but I know walking, after it's done. walking away from the fight game is tough. Yeah, after it's done, like after the fight's over, like, when's the next one? <laughs> 
but there's moments that I've been in the back where I'm like, I'm not doing this. Fuck mm-hmm. this. I'm going home. It ain't worth it. Yeah. I don't even want to go out. I don't even want to do this. I'm fucking so I scared. Bet. I just want to go bet. home. No, people it. can't understand that. That's so, you're under so much pressure and you're fighting another man. It's, it's, I don't know anything that's harder. I mean, I remember when I first went to Jackson's and, um, like Diego Sanchez and all those guys were down there, right? And they were, they'd talk about their purse and they'd make $50,000. I'm like, $50,000? Bro, I just made $700 on a kickboxing for a world title. Yeah. I'd fight anybody in the world for $50,000. Right. Now let's fast forward till my last couple of fights. Cowboy, you're making $800,000 and you're fucking second guessing. <laughs> yeah. If you even want to go out there and fight, mm-hmm. the perspective is so weird, right? Right. Back Changes. then, for fifty thousand dollars, I'd have fought my grandma. Right. Yeah. Went through, walked through a brick wall. No problem. Yeah. And now, I have almost a million dollars on the line, and I'm like, I just want to go home. I don't even <laughs> want to do this, right? That's the challenge. Keep the money. Keep the money. I'm just gonna go home. I'm gonna sneak out the back door. Yeah. It's wild. It's crazy. Yeah. And I think it's just a different, different. Not to be too to whatever but it's different um seasons of life essentially i mean when you're young you feel you got nothing you you feel invincible probably right sure and then when you get older you realize maybe i'm not invincible (laughs) and that's where that doubt comes in and then then you know all those eyeballs are on you and everybody's got a fucking opinion oh man do they you know and i i i mean i don't envy that i envy the that feeling of walking out that must be electric, but I don't yeah. envy the 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 battling with the demons. The demons are tough, mm-hmm. but yeah. the demons are gone now. Yeah, no, and now you're a movie star. Movie star, baby. <laughs> Which is cool. I uh, it's funny when I went to retire, and Joe's like, "Oh, we're doing this." Yeah, yeah man. I I'm glad you're here. I'm glad Bruce's here. I'm glad you know it's time. Mm-hmm. And I said, I want to be a movie star. Literally, my phone started ringing right Just away. from his podcast. Saying yeah. it on his podcast. Right, no, live on, on the, on the, at the, oh, on the arena. At the, at the fight. At the fight. Yeah. Yeah, right there. And, and it just, it just, uh, phone started ringing and work started coming. Now I get to pretend to be the guy I always wanted to be. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, you got the look. You got everything they need. So it's, it's, I, and it's so fun. The movies, I love it. It's unbelievable experience. Westerns? All of it. I'll do it all. So you do not just Westerns, you do anything. I started off doing a bunch of stunts Mm -hmm. and then the stunt roles, which is when I first started doing stunts, I was like, hold on, you're going to pay me to go flip this car? I'll do (laughs) that for free. Right. Crazy. It was like your early fight days. Yeah, like all this shit, you know, uh, so same same kind of deal. But then um, I started getting roles where I was a bouncer or I was the bad guy that said two lines then died. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I don't want, I want to be a good guy. Yeah. I want to be the next action hero. Yeah. So I started turning those roles down and I was like, dang it, is this going to hurt me? Mm-hmm. But sometimes no has a lot more power than yes. Yeah. So you turned down some that you didn't think were a good fit. Yeah. Yeah. I've turned to, down a lot of movies lately. To like not I, get typecast or what? Yeah, what? exactly. Typecast. And I just, like I said, I want to be a good guy. You know? Okay. And I will play a bad guy. Like I just did a Western uh, a few weeks ago where I was the like a bad guy. Mm-hmm. And I don't care. I'm not, but I don't want to be the, just the fighter guy in the corner that says two things and then dies. Like I don't, you know, so. Uh, you know what? How about this role? So Tombstone. Mm-hmm. Being like Doc Holliday. Oh, I'd love it. Yeah, it'd be so cool. I mean, how good is Tombstone? The 
a cult classic. How many times have you watched it? Oh, every time it comes on. If it was on right now, we'd sit and watch the <laughs> entire thing. Yeah, it's just one of those movies when, when it's on. Yeah. And probably my favorite movie is Days of Thunder. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I don't know why. I've just Since I was a kid, I've always loved it. And, Tom and Cruise, right? Tom Cruise, yeah. Yeah, race car driver? Race car driver, yeah. race car driver. Yeah. Yeah, so Days of Thunder is probably still today one of my one of my favorites. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just want to make movies and have fun doing it. Yeah. Well, so what's your, are you, do you have a, a role now you're working on or where are you at? Um, yeah, I actually have two movies that are in the, uh, docket right now that are coming. I can't, unfortunately that I can't say anything about. Mm. They're so weird. Yeah. You no know, pictures, no discussion. Like they want to like, it's, it's a, it's a wild and crazy, uh, different world. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, um, <laughs> A lot of the left-wing people are movie people. Yeah, right, definitely. And so we kind of... Butt heads. A little bit. So that'd be like, the right fit then, for sure. Yeah, like, it, it, it's just, yeah, it's yeah. just different. No, Hollywood is, <laughs> yeah. No, I wouldn't envy that part of dealing in that business either because, yeah, the, the psycho left, whatever, <laughs> man, rough. But there's got to be people out there. I mean, I know probably Kevin Costner's probably good to work with right i mean I i'm don't know. sure there's a, a a ton of great guys in, yeah and yeah of course yeah that's with anything anything going on in the world i'm sure there's the the super radicals and then the yeah total opposite but who's who's helped you or who do you look up to in the movie industry like you know you had jackson's and your grandma helped sure. you with, with fighting and and training partners who in movies is it are you self-learned or what uh, well so I got into stunts with a company called Brand X and Jeff Dashnow, and he has his three sons, um, mm. JJ, Chad, and uh, they took me under their wing and kind of taught me. Like they are the who's who's in the in the stunt game, right? Mm-hmm. And that's who I owe a lot of my next chapter in life to is is Papa Dash, just for taking me in, showing me the ways, and really. Yeah, getting me started in this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, probably the coolest guy I've met, famous movie star wise, is Mark Wahlberg. Really? Yeah. So that was from Spencer. Spencer Confidential. Confidential. Yeah. yeah, I worked out there with him in Boston for a few months. What a cool guy! Just a normal guy. Is that just why? A normal. Why is he? Why is he cool? He just doesn't have that. I'm a superstar complex to him. Okay. Whenever we'd go somewhere and people would ask for pictures, he'd yeah, come on. Of course. Yeah, you really. Know? Yeah. And when we were on set, he's just real friendly to everybody. I've been on some sets where the actors are just, they think they are mm-hmm. the man. And right. everyone needs to bow down to him. Yeah. That uh, would get old. Real old, real fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, that's why I, I always try and tell these people too. Like, look, man, I'm just doing this because I also enjoy it. But I'll beat the fuck out of y'all. Y'all think you can talk to me like that. You know what I mean? I don't give a yeah. fuck who you are. Yeah. Yeah. You got, you got that yeah. ace in the hole. <laughs> right. Like it, it ain't, that shit ain't going to fly for me. Yeah. You think you can just punk me down. Nah, we're going to have, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get kicked out of this movie just because I, I whipped your fucking ass. So I think that probably keeps people in line a little <laughs> bit, right? They know that that threat's there. But yeah. Uh, so he was just real cool. Hung out, joked, played, made mm-hmm. lunch with everybody. You know, I was just, and I was like, if I'm going to make it big, that's who I'm going to model myself out for sure. Yeah. Mark and Mark, let's go, baby. I know. I mean, he's he is one of my favorites also. Right. I mean, I love him. And 
he gets up, trains in the mornings early, the 4 a.m. club, I think is what he calls yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, I invited it on, invited him on a hunt yeah. and uh, never happened sure. or whatever. But it's because he's got the what the Wahlburger. Yeah. And I think they sell not wild game, but elk. Sure. So I was like, hey, you want yeah, to know what it means yeah. to provide and put meat on the table yourself? Let's do it. And it just didn't happen. But he didn't He didn't automatically shoot it down. Yeah. So that's kind of a hey, win. Hell yeah. <laughs> Maybe I could, me and him, go on an elk hunt with you. I'll talk let's, to him. It'd be oh, fun. Dude, let's do it. See or if we can get that going. Or if you want to do it, that bear hunt I was talking about. Oh, yeah. Because I love bear meat. Yeah. I mean, bear meat's good. And, and plus, it's a good, I want to see you kill a bear with your bow. All right. How does that sound? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So let's make that happen. Yeah, I'm with it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you, to speaking of that, you can shoot a bow. I'd like to say I could shoot damn near anything. I'd like to take a lot of pride in I could shoot Yeah. a lot of stuff. I haven't, picking up the bow with you was probably the first time I'd shot a bow in a, several years. Well, at the bow rack, you were laying them in there. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, you were shooting great. Wayne, Wayne, because I've had a number of people through here. Some of them had never even picked up a bow. Sure. And then you can tell right away. It's almost like if somebody's played basketball or not, yeah. and they're dribbling the ball, you can be like, okay, uh, this guy's never done this before. Right. Or, and you can tell with you with the bow, it's like, okay, he knows what he's doing. Sure. And and Wayne was definitely impressed. Hell yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I, li I like shooting. And then, of course, we got the step up the competition just because it's more fun right yeah, i know last <laughs> night out there at 102 yards that was that was classic it was so fun night shooting that was good i know whooping dale <laughs> <laughs> so uh cowboy has a rivalry with dale brisby and uh more like a friendly yeah of, friendly it's a game. game it's a game but dale thinks he's they're gonna fight we are at the kids' camp. We're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, he wants to just put, like, a charity boxing thing around, just something fun for the kids and everything. To, uh, I'm excited to bring Dale down and have him be a mentor for this year's kids. It's gonna yeah. It's going to be a life-changing experience for him and the kids. So I think so. And he's, like, he wants to be a positive. Yes. I mean, just like you, but his attitude is so different than yours. Sure. Your attitude is, like, you come in. I mean, I was just thinking about last night at dinner. He comes in, and he's just, you know, sitting there and making sure. You're, like... Hey, yeah, these are good. And you're just like, just right in there. What's this? What's, you know, it's like your attitude. I love your attitude because it's just unapologetically right, you. Right. It's like, no, Cowboys here fucking clear out. Right. <laughs> and Dale has, he's, he's just a different person. Sure. Obviously everybody's different, but it's uh, so unique in his own way. Nice guy. You're like, you are who you, who you are right. and probably never change, yeah, but yeah. Uh, I yeah. love it. Yeah. I mean, I'll never paint myself in a corner for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for sure. But I love it, man. It's fun. Life is, is interesting. Now I have two, three boys. Mm -hmm. I say two because the, the one's just brand new and he's just, uh, any of you have children out there, you know, for the first years, uh, the moms. Yeah. No, yes, I'm actually first few, I didn't take the boys over till we could actually do fun stuff. Fun stuff. Yeah. About three and a half, <laughs> yeah. four. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then we were like best buddies. That's, that's I'm sure what you'll be. Yeah. Like I don't even sleep with mama anymore. I the both boys want me to crawl in bed with them every night. So yeah, that's, <laughs> what, we, that's what we do. We just, we, and we have RVs. So we sometimes we go out and camp in the yard and just whatever the hell they want to do. You know, my uh, oldest is getting ready for his first a dirt off-road race coming um uh, he's young Island, four years old jeez four years old he's getting in a, in a fully built caged race car 
off road and again he's gonna go and he's racing against six to ten year olds as his class. That is crazy. I mean, he must be I mean he's a wild man too, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Does he have no danger. fear? Uh he does have fear. He, now his brother Riot, zero fear. He's so danger, riot, riot and, and havoc. Havoc. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. You, those are perfect cowboy Sharoni names. I love it. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting. He'll be the crowned as the youngest uh, racer. It'll be fun. Wow. That's, and ha, what, what is he driving? A, um, it's, well, so I'm sponsored by Can-Am. Can-Am doesn't make a car that small. So okay. we built him a 250cc buggy mm -hmm. yeah so okay got, it hauls ass i bet especially for him in it i bet it's badass. and he drives it well very well like Real. impressively well you oh. like, how old is that kid yeah it's, it's and how cool. far is he racing so the race is 25 minutes mm -hmm. um and it's about a mile and a half is the course of the track as many they laps as you as get many done. laps they can get done okay exactly mm. and um yeah he's gonna He's never raced, so this would be his first race, but he's ridden with people. Like yeah. on, we have a racetrack out of the ranch, so we have uh -huh. tons of tracks. And, he goes and he'll be there. by himself. By himself, and I'll be on a radio talking to him. Oh, my gosh. That's so good. Yeah, like his Four helmet's wired, right? So he has a wire with a microphone in it, yeah. and he pushes a little button on the steering wheel, and he can talk bad. Because at the ranch, I'm like, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, Dad. And he'll just keep, keep <laughs> Are you worried? Are you nervous? I'm not. Mama is. Yeah. But I'm not. Yeah, yeah. no way. I think he's going to do great. It, it reminds me a little bit, being four years old, is my buddy Roy, who got me started bow hunting, and, and a lot of people know that story, but he took his son, Justin, I mean, we took our boys out bear hunting. That was like one uh -huh. of the first hunts, because we could be right there with them sure. and say, well, yeah, this is a boar, you know, settle down, make a good shot. Anyway, Roy had this set up where he had a shotgun with buckshot in it, and he had a two-by-four between two trees, the shotgun on the two-by-four duct taped. And so Justin just had to, like, aim it at the bear. Uh -huh. And he shot this bear when he was four years old. Wow. And uh, he's like, uh, so he, he shoots this bear, drops the bear in his tracks. And, and the bear comes in hot, right, when you guys call him in that close there? Well, that was to bait. Okay. To okay. bait. So it's coming in, but they're wary. And, I mean, yeah. and they're right there. You know, they're sure 10 feet away. Yeah. And so he shoots this bear and drops it. And then Roy was filming him and, and Justin looks at the camera. He's like, I can't believe I finally got my first bear. And it's like, finally, you know, yeah, four, four years. years. And uh, it reminds me of your story too. Uh, four years old out there racing. They just don't know any different. Yeah. They're just, it's going to be so fun. I know, but think how, I mean, if he's already doing that at that age, imagine what his life has in store. You know, that's why as parents, we want to give our kids you know, opportunities that we didn't have, Sure, you know? And so he's having an incredible opportunity. He's got a legend for a dad. I mean, how sweet's that? Yeah. And just try and teach him, teach him the ways, you know, that you were taught. I'm mm -hmm. excited, super excited. And yeah. Yeah. We uh, do gun safety and shoot all the time. It, it's fun. It's the funnest shit ever having kids. Oh, and I know it's, uh, I, I, I've, I feel bad for people without kids, right? You know, because I couldn't imagine my life. Well, those are the first people to tell you how to raise your kid, right? Exactly. Yeah, like what are you doing? Yeah. That kid can't do. Like, well, how do you know? Yeah, what are you talking about? Yeah, you know? I, I was. I mean, I would raise my kids, my boys. I was always worried that I was pushing them too hard, yeah. and uh, I think that's it's a, it's hard being known to do the right thing or the wrong thing yeah. or the right approach or the wrong approach or being the tough love or telling them not to be pussies. It's like, man. I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. Like, uh, so 
my son played soccer this season and it they don't get trophies or mm -hmm. they get just for fun I'm like they're not there to win like oh yeah we're here to win okay yeah. dad's keeping score every game <laughs> and they won every single game yeah yeah and then we got him a trophy and like mm -hmm. this is what we're here for we're striving to this this world we're in where everyone just competition okay to just life competition yeah no it is not okay to lose we're here to win right and the and the and i explained that to the the coach and the organization like well maybe this isn't the league that we need to be in where's the winning league because right. if you guys are just trying to teach my kid that it's okay to come in here and half-ass and it's okay to just show up and participate that's this isn't this isn't for us no ain't gonna happen no because they get out there in the real world and life and that's what i tried with my boys is like hey life is competition you want to be anything special you're gonna to have to beat some other guy yeah or a lot of other guys at a job mm -hmm. at anything anything and that matters anything that matters yeah if you think that you're applying for a position you have to beat out that person with better skills mm -hmm. or you're not gonna get the job right yeah so it dwindles all the way down to the bottom floor like what this world that where it's okay to just get a participation medal absolutely not no no it's, it's sickening to me and uh so good thing i live out in the country and i can raise my kids right like you know they understand like we have the ranch we got buffalo. You sound very toxic masculinity yeah i'm very right. yeah exactly. <laughs> it I sounds scary i'm actually kind of scared good yeah <laughs> and and just teaching you know we have pigs and chickens and goats and turkeys and my kids understand the difference in those animals like mm -hmm. they know we have to put the bulls up you know and come springtime we let them out and breed with the with they understand between the boys and the girls like that bull doesn't think he's a girl and yeah. and identify as a cow like right. that's not how it works right so you know and i i don't know if that's the right way to teach my kids but I that's how i is. you know you know i i believe it is too but they they are well aware at the age that they are what the difference between that is and uh I stand pretty proud to to be able to know that they know that, you know, and I don't, like I said, this world's changing and it's very strange right now. So. It is. <laughs> I don't it, know. Have you, you said you butcher your own. Yep. And do they help with that too? Have they seen uh, animals? So we just butchered a cow because he died. Mm -hmm. um, he actually got smashed by one of our uh, buffalo. Mm-hmm. And so I called the vet out to make sure that he didn't die of anything. Um, yeah, like a could, disease or right, something. Right, exactly. Yeah. And so we were all cleared there, and he just died that morning. So he, somehow he passed that night, and it was freezing cold. But it stinks because when I when we cut it open, the, a baby came out, and it was one of our first beefalo that we're, we're breeding. Oh, so mm -hmm. I was like, ah, man, so my son saw the dead. Was it dead too? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The dead, uh, which is almost fully developed. It looks like they're about to calf any day oh, now. And it. so he saw that. But I was like, you know what? let's go in and see your mom. He's like, no, why I want to see this. And I was like, yeah, I just don't know if I want you to see me skinning pretty, a cow when cutting him up. Like, mm -hmm, you know, like pretty intense, very for a four year old, very yeah. intense, you mm -hmm. know? So he didn't see that part of it, but he, um, he was there for a little bit of it. No, knows that something died and you know, yeah, a lot, a yeah. lot of and kids we're eating it and same thing with our pigs and our chickens. Like he knows we eat them right. you know, and he feeds them and, and yeah, a lot of kids and even adults, they shy away from the death part of life. You know what I mean? Oh, it's yeah. like, that's, we're going to have to deal with death. And when you keep masking it, like just going to the store and buying your meat or just shielding the kids from the reality of life, you're not helping anybody. I don't think no. so. Just, just so your kids know that, Hey, for us to survive an animal dies, 
very valuable lesson. Well, people don't get that. And your audience for sure understand because they are following you a on the hunting aspect of it. So they're pretty already on board. Mm-hmm. My audience, half of them are not. So yeah. I post a picture of shooting something or pig hunting. Oh my God. The comments are on. Yeah. But then you just got to think like when you go down to the grocery store and mm-hmm. you're buying that meat, where do you, you, th- you think it just magically dies? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know what they think. Like, no, honey, those animals are They're just, at a butcher shop yeah. in a line with a bolt gun getting run to the head the worst way ever. Yeah, yeah. You don't think they just seen the three cows next to them die? So they, <laughs> they, they're counting it coming. Like, they yeah. see it. You know what I mean? It's not. They're like, I don't like this pattern here. I'm man, next. It's just, it's, so it, to me, I, I could talk about that all day, just the people that have so much to say about mm-hmm. killing. And they also understand the overpopulation of animals. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they release all these tags so we can, because of the disease, because of the, yeah. right? There's so much. It's not random. It's not random. No, no, there's science to it. It's, and, and yeah, people, like you were saying, we're at breakfast, all the cuts of meat that you like to take, like it, you eat the animal. Mm-hmm. You're not just 1880s shooting the buffalo and leaving them for the hide. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. No, and, it's. Very valuable meat. Yeah, people don't understand that. Like, they, they just want we to, put value on it as a hunter and as a as you're processing your own kills. Yeah. And, I mean, we we understand that, and that's that's very important for the kids. I think uh, Rogan has done a good job of explaining to all his listeners sure. that that part of it because most people they're they're isolated in cities or they're going just going to the store. They don't get it, but they they know they go to the store and they get it. Like, where does yeah. it come from? It just yeah. magically shows up. Yeah, I don't I don't know what I don't know how they. In, interpret that but five percent of the world is feeding the entire world that's what they also don't understand yeah like the more places that are evolving and popping up the less and less and less agricultural and growing we have mm-hmm. available to feed the more and more people that are happening so it's like you yeah. guys just want to bitch and complain and that's yeah. the other people that I think deserve so much respect is the farmers and ranchers, oh, man, right? You know, we talked about construction and the infrastructure, but those guys, the food source people that are out there, you know, how, you know how hard it is to be a rancher? Yeah. Well, I've on a very small scale, I do. Yeah. I mean, they work Every their day. asses off yeah. and it's like, and then we get people that, you know, want to chime in. We, we talked about haters or this and that with your fighting or maybe with, you know, guys calling me a poser, right. but these guys have to deal with all these, these people from the city weighing in on what should be done or what's ethical or this or that. And it's like, why don't you just go work with, with a farmer or rancher for a while and then get back with me, dude, you know? Like I said, it's so easy for them to go down and order a burger already cooked, already ready to go. I know. I know. Go back to their fridge and have a carton of eggs. Yeah. Well, yeah, my, my hope is that discussions like this can help, you know, pull the curtain back a little bit, but I don't The the people that, the naysayers and the people that have shit to say, they just keep saying to you as they're, as they're fucking eating the greasy burger with their hand, they're wiping the smudge marks off their phone with the other, you know what I mean? And just keep, keep talking the shit. Commenting about how, yeah, how you shouldn't do that. How society is so wrong or how, you know, how to be more accepting. But I want to know in this new, um, world, can you shoot, can you pull a elk tag and shoot a cow because maybe it was identifying as an elk? (laughs) <laughs> or maybe it identified as a deer. You had an elk tag, oh, right. but the elk is actually identifying as a deer. Yeah, he told you that. Yeah, yeah so he, that he would be illegal. Hmm. Yeah. It's I'm a, it's a It's a crazy time. I mean, I don't get it. I don't definitely don't get it. I see some of it, and I'm just like, I, 
it, I mean, it makes you want to be aggressive, you know, it's like, well, you got fined for it. So you, yeah, you can't be, for it. You, you can't be that aggressive and say what you want to say because you might, well, now the UFC can't find you though. No, but I can be canceled. I'm, now we're in the cancel culture. Oh, that's right. So you'll yeah. just be zipped out of here. Down. I, I don't want you to be canceled. I don't either. <laughs> I don't either. Yeah. Oh, well, let's, uh, I'm going to get, I had put up a question and answer for All right. Cowboy. Let's do a couple quickies. Cute, yeah, a couple couple quickies for you. We we talked about the big challenges of love scenes in movies and trying not to be aroused. That seemed like a tough one. Yeah, and it it it's you Boner City, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. Welcome to Boner City, Welcome USA. To Boner City. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's uh yeah, men are pretty predictable, aren't they? Could you imagine hunting us? How stupid we are! Oh, oh, bro, to hunt humans, yeah, put a pool party, bunch of topless <laughs> bitches, got, oh, dude, just you just sit there all day and fucking yeah, yeah you wouldn't, idiots. you oh, wouldn't even need a God. trail camera. It's no. like, hey, when does this guy like to come by here? Oh, yeah, all day. Oh, yeah. As soon as the first tick comes out, then he'll, she, she's when he's coming. When he, yeah. when he sees the flyer topless party, that's when he's headed. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. very predictable. <laughs> yeah, we we wouldn't last stupid. long, would we? No. God. All right, so are you going to go elk hunting with Cam in September? We're going bear hunting. Not bear elk hunting. hunting. Yeah. I like that. So All we're right. going to go bear hunting this spring. Um, let's see here. I saw some good ones. Oh, what do you learn ab about yourself while making movies? Oh, well, I don't know about learn about yourself, but you definitely get to pretend to be somebody else. Yeah. And the cool thing about that is like, like you were saying, playing Doc Holiday or Wired Earp or something. Right. Well, you get the, you get casted as a, whatever role they want to give you. Mm -hmm. Now you get to create as far back as you want this backstory on this guy. Yeah. Yeah. You get to make him. So you, you take ownership. Here, did, yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. You do. You, he likes to do this. He likes, he drinks black coffee in the morning or he only he doesn't eat fried beans like you mm -hmm. just you just make this guy whoever you want to and create an entire backstory where you went to school how if you maybe you are a uh in the movie we're, we're best friends but why are we best friends so yeah we, we make the story and it's really cool so you can create this entire so you do that in your head yeah yeah okay and then oh, yeah. that that makes it more realistic to be that person yes because you have what made them them correct it oh just i make, see it all comes out yeah make so sure. who who taught you that uh, several different directors working with you. Yeah, okay. Explain to you, like, hey, man, give this guy a backstory. Show him, do this, do that. Yeah. And then that would affect how you deliver a line, maybe, because they have these other things weighing in. Yeah. Well, no, now you're no longer delivering a line. You were just talking like you and I would talk okay. as this person. Oh, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I'm well, not, I mean, it makes sense. It seems like it'd be very hard. It is very hard, but I'm, you know, I'm not answering. Um, I'm not answering the I'm not answering the question you're asking me in the movie as a line. Mm -hmm. I'm just answering as it I would say it to you as a friend. Mm -hmm. I see. So yeah. it becomes very real very and authentic. natural, authentic. Yeah, yeah. It's not me waiting for you to waiting, waiting, and now I deliver my line, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's more just a flow and so you become that person. Do you, does it feel natural to you? I mean, do you are you good you at there? it? I, I think I'm getting good at it. Mm -hmm. I enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. You you like that challenge. Oh, fuck yeah, it's fun. What what do you like about it? The challenge part of it, the yeah. hard to remembering the lines, the delivering the dialogue and just the whole process of it. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, 
it's fun. So is that the is that what you enjoy most now? Post fighting is mm-hmm. acting. Yeah, I also enjoy racing and and still the shooting competition because that gives me the competition itch that I'm looking for. But uh, as far as the structure of life and having to perform, mm-hmm. yeah, I like the acting side. Yeah, well, that's I mean, it seems like like I said, you got the look, if you got the skill. You got, I mean, people. Now I got the steroids and so put the size on. <laughs> I know you're jacked, dude. I mean, you definitely are bigger. So you, you're like 200 and what? 212. 212. And you used to fight at 55. 55. I'd walk around 172, 173. Using my weight, I'd be all the time. Yeah. I'd go buy all new clothes, pants, underwear. Holy fuck. Yeah. Like you just. You got a bigger dick? Yeah. Huger dick. Just fucking. <laughs> I thought I, I was injecting the steroids. I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't read it. Put it right label. in your dick. Yeah. Like yeah. Just put it right in your dick. It didn't say that mm-hmm. on there, but I, would, I just tried it and it worked. I think that's a good approach. Yeah. yeah you, <laughs> I like it. Uh, let's see. So this is from a Dale Brisby. Oh, God. Yeah. Why is Dale Brisby's hair better than yours, cowboy? Well, right now it is. Yeah. But in six months, it won't be. Okay. I went and got my hair done. Yeah. But it all falls out. Like it came, it grew in, and now it all falls out because of the shock of the. Um, oh. Of the roots or whatever, and now and now they're like so a transplant, transplant. Yeah, okay. I went down to Turkey and got it done. Oh, really? For Hollywood, yeah. So like right, right here and here, like it all fell. Out. Now it's now it's, but there are little stubbles in there again. So in like six months, I should have a full Fabio motherfucking set of hair. And yeah, I'll, yeah. And then you'll get in Dale's face with your hair. Just fucking let it <laughs> rain. Yeah, I like that. Uh, another one from I get maybe it's a different Dale Brisby, but it says, "Are you ready to get whooped by Dale Brisby?" Yeah, that I can't wait. Those, those <laughs> kids are in for a treat. What a treat! So, is this uh, is this like a fundraising thing? What's the what's the point to the fight, or is it just to entertain the kids? Just at your inter- camp? I mean, he Dale wants to do it, so just yeah, not so much fundraising, more just uh, entertainment, you know, entertainment for the kids. Oh, yeah, they'll just, love it. Yeah, just put it on it. They'll because because when um, Dale shows up for a camp, he'll get you know ten to twelve kids that he'll mentor. And mm-hmm. He's with them the entire group so they'll like train with him and get him ready and then my kids will be with me and then we'll have our little skirmish i love it i love it well this one here i like this one it says and it kind of um inspires me to ask another question but it says what makes a champion and i would just say who's the who's worked the hardest of somebody who you've trained with i mean who stands out to you hmm Wow, that's a interesting question. First off, what makes a champion, I think, is as we spoke earlier about the guy who wakes up and mm-hmm. doesn't even win. No excuses. No excuses. Right. Right. He's sore. He's tired. He still gets up and he still does it. And who could I say that demonstrated that the best through my years? Probably Tim Kennedy. Really? Yeah, I've never seen anybody train like him in my life. Sometimes too much. Like yeah, overtrained. Mm-hmm. Even today, break when his I go body to, down. Oh God! Like even today when I go down to Austin, he come in and work. You know, he train in the morning, jujitsu in the afternoon. Like he just his that dude's worth ethic is on a completely another level. So yeah, and he's talented too. Extremely on on ever. I couldn't imagine being in a hand to hand any kind of fight with him mm-hmm. with jujitsu involved. 
I see him doing these classes where he gives the guys like a knife and a gun. He's like, oh my God, I've, I've grappled with a guy with just my teeth and I wish I had bigger ones, you know? <laughs> so I could imagine giving him another one. But yeah, if I had a, somebody who is the man they say they are, mm -hmm. that's Tim. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he really, what he preaches, he, he is. He had that fight against, I think it was Yoel Romero, yeah. where they kind of bought some time in the corner, spilled some ice or something. Right. I'd probably give Romero some more, some more recovery. Sure. And Tim was I, probably going to win. I know that I, he talks about that in his book, that right. fight where he's pretty frustrated. I'm pretty sure it was Romero. Was, yeah, well, do you remember sure. it? Yep, 100%. Yeah. 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 Oh, Timmy. Yeah. I mean, what a. And it also goes to show you how hard that sport is. I mean, look at, look at Tim, like, like decorated assassin, right? Like the mm -hmm. dude's just a born killer. Yeah, black belt. And just, and then. You're like, if, if you, if Tim walked in here and we did any kind of training or any kind of anything, you'd be like, there's no way I would ever fight this guy. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's the guy I want to go to war. That's a machine. Yeah. And then you're like, man, there's people that, that can, can beat, beat him. him. It's yeah. insane, right? Yeah. So like, I, yeah, Tim to me is like one of my heroes for sure. Yeah. No, I know. He's, he said, next time I go to Austin and don't call him, he's going to kick my oh, ass. Yeah. Like he wants to train. He'll probably mean that. Yeah. He'll, he'll for sure. I'm a little nervous to train with him though. <laughs> the work outside you get, I mean, if you're ready to puke your brains out, that's, that's what he'll want to do. He'll just, yeah. Well, he pushes so hard. Yeah. Crazy. I'm hoping we can get on the mountain and I can take a little bit edge off him running. There you go. I mean, be, I mean, you'll be impressed. So get ready. If, if, if you get Tim to come here, yeah, for sure, get ready to uh, do a fucking marathon. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I would already have that scheduled. I, at least, at least a halfer. Okay. For, and then run the hill. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. And carry the rock. Yeah. And, and he'll do it. <laughs> yeah. He's fucking psycho. So and I then, would be ready for that. And then maybe, then maybe I could get a little bit closer in some of the other stuff, but I got to yeah. take a lot of edge off of him first. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think he shoots a bow too. Does he? I, um, I, I don't know. I'd imagine he shoots everything. Well, yeah. we'll get, we'll I'd get, imagine we'll get very good at throwing knives too. You know what I mean? Wayne will get him dialed in on, on his technique. Yeah. Um, Let's see. How about <clears throat> what sets you apart from the next guy that gives you the anytime, anywhere mentality? <laughs> uh, I think I just created it. Yeah. I was, again, when I said I would fight anyone, anywhere, when they would call me, I would literally take any fight. Like I was never a time I was like, ooh, him. Was no. did you worry about weight class or then, did, I mean they would always call me for one weight class above me or mine like they yeah. would never call me for some crazy fight but right I was just always the guy that they would call and I would agree to the fight out when now you hear these people talk about it and say it and they're like they just say it yeah they don't mean it right yeah and, and so I'm not I'm not worried about another person coming and taking that role someone will because there'll be another crazy mm -hmm. fucker out there but until then <laughs> you know yeah no I understand it's uh you know I think. I remember watching one of the first UFCs and the whole weight class thing. That was when, was it Gracie versus, mm -hmm. who did he fight that big guy? That big ass black dude. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Know what, I don't remember what his name is, but yeah, he knocked his tooth out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's kind of where he was the guy who is before weight classes, but you're like, holy shit, this jujitsu is mm, the real deal. Unbelievable. Because yeah. side to side, you'd think, oh, there's no way. <laughs> But that that's kind of what woke everybody up on the right. ground, or I mean, not ground and pound, but yeah, ground game. Um, Cowboy going to take on Jake Paul. <laughs> um, so there's been talk about this, and I've had different calls about boxing and other fights, and 
said no. Yeah. 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 We talked about this when I first got here. Yeah. Like, yeah, they just, nah. Not, not there. Not, not you enough. You know, if Jake wanted to do something in MMA. Yeah. Sure. I'd go out there. Maybe, maybe. I, I don't know. You know, it <laughs> has to be a big paycheck. It'd be a big paycheck. And it'd yeah. have to really, all, all everything would have to align, you know, and, but am I out there calling the dude out searching for it? Not really. No. No, so. I don't, I, I don't blame you. I mean, like, like we've talked about, what else do you have to prove? Right. You know? And it's like, you have money, yep. you have, I don't know. I, I don't blame you for who cares. Yeah. <laughs> what if you beat Jake Paul? Yeah. What difference does that make? Sure. You know, unless yeah. you're making 5 million yeah. or something to do it, but you, you've competed with the best in the world at what you do at the highest level. Yeah. And, and did you had, did you win a championship in strike force? Nope. Never did strike force. I went from oh. WC to UFC. Yep. Oh, okay. They so have, straight they, to UFC. Yep. So, um, strike force back in the day is kind of like Bellator is now. Mm -hmm. And they, they just kind of also took that one over. So I never went uh strike force. I was just WC and then to uh, UFC. Oh, but what about WC? No, no, never, never won a belt. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, you were, I nope. mean, you had the most wins in the yes, UFC. For sure. But <laughs> I mean, I just, whenever it came time for the, to shit or get off the pot, I just <laughs> would get off the pot. Tough fucking job, dude. I mean, right? you're a legend in the toughest or the toughest job there is. Thank you. We'll do one more here. Um, how do you shift? So this is a good, good one to end it on. How do you shift between fight mode and regular life mode? Uh, I wonder if that question is referring to while I was in training I don't know. I think it's just like, uh, you know, when you're a fighter, that's yeah. kind of your identity. Right. And so now how do you, how does that switch? Cause it seems like fighting would provide an outlet for something in you. Like you can, I made the competition, the, the, you know, you're going to have the heart, one of the hardest battles of your life. And now you don't, do you just, um, well, re the, redirect that effort? Yeah. So it's, or that it's mindset? kind of a f funny question, but I'll answer it two ways. Like the first time is it, I don't ever put him away. He's always there. Mm -hmm. that, that guy is in me. Yeah. So like, especially when I'm doing the acting. It's like the backstory too. Like you said that if you're playing a role, you create this backstory. So that's your backstory, obviously. And I don't have to pretend like a lot of these actors have to pretend to be the big. Mm -hmm. Badass. Badass. Mm -hmm. I'm already that guy. So I don't have to. That'll show it's right already in me. Right. And so I don't ever put him away. Like I don't flex on it and, and bar fight and street fight anymore, but motherfucker wants a road rage with me. It'll come out. That's <laughs> well, the one thing, you know what I mean? But other than that, I'm pretty, pretty calm with stuff. I see it because when you pulled in the driveway yesterday or in the house or in the bow rack that you are the fucking man. <laughs> I mean, there, so I think there's credence to what you're saying because I see it. I'm like right. how you walk, how you carry yourself. You're the fucking badass. <laughs> right. I mean, so it's like, it's, that is there. Right. I mean, that's who you are. So that makes a lot of sense to me actually yeah, so in, in yeah. seeing you at firsthand. home. Yeah. At home, I don't, you don't really, I don't put it away. I just, just hush it up a little bit. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I've, I've been a, I've been a huge fan for many years. It's been a great honor for you to come in here, lift, run, shoot with me. And then to, to be able to talk to you and hear these stories and awesome. ask questions. Dude, it, it means, I, I can't tell you how much this means to me. Thank you. And, I'm honored to be here. Oh, well, I was in this with, uh, we have a brand new Keep Hammering Hoyt right here for you. 
Oh, yeah. That's the one that you... Setting records with? Yeah, you set records. You made magic happen in the dark last night. Um, 102 yards, just laying them in there. So this is your bow. Mm. It's been in... Like I said, it's been an honor, and watching you shoot it so well was very gratifying awesome. for me. So, Cowboy, thank you oh, very thank much. You. Thank Appreciate you very it. much for everything. It will get used and played with. Well, for it's sure. going to kill a bear, too. That is also uh, <laughs> going to happen. Okay. I'm bringing a uh, sidearm and a knife, just for to be clear. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> well, that, well, actually, in Canada, you can't have a sidearm. Oh. So we might have to, yeah. I don't have to drive in. <laughs> we can have <laughs> knives, though. We can have knives, though. Yeah, big ass yeah. spear. Yeah. All right. Perfect. All right, brother. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. It means the world to me. Appreciate you. Already. All right. Cabela's and Bass Pro Shops is a sponsor of the podcast. And that's especially powerful for me because I remember when Cabela's came to town, came to Springfield, Oregon. And I actually played a role in the opening of that store. Instead of cutting the grand opening ribbon with scissors, I shot it with an arrow. And it was just a monumental thing. I mean, everybody here in town was talking about, hey, are you going to go to Cabela's? Can you believe Cabela's is coming here to Springfield, Oregon? So I know what a staple those giants in the industry are. And it's actually, it's one of the first places people go when they're looking to get geared up to be to become a hunter is they go to Cabela's and buy everything they need. So I'm very excited that we've partnered together and we can help open up those outdoor and hunting opportunities to listeners of this podcast. Leupold Optics has been providing my binoculars and eyewear for the last few years. I like that it's an Oregon company and they make such high quality glass. That's all I've really used. And if you can't find what you're hunting, it's going to be tough to kill. So Leupold Optics has really played an integral part in my success these last few years. Thank you, Leupold, for supporting the podcast.